You're listening to Please Save Me. Please Save Me is the official recap podcast of Chicago Heroes, network TV's number one drama. Chicago Heroes is definitely a real TV show, but you won't find it in any TV guide. And if you don't watch it, that's that's your your problem. problem. Gotta take a side. You know what makes me really sick to my stomach? What? Is watching you stuff your face with those hot dogs. If you see me coming, you better run because I'm gonna lay the fuck down! Nobody, I mean nobody, puts ketchup on a hot dog. Smells like courage. Put a bow on it, Hero Heads, because we've gotten a gift, and it's the season two finale of Chicago Heroes, television's number one drama. It's been wrapped up and tied up tight and delivered to us over the TV, and now we've opened it up, and let's take a look at what we've got. Uh, I'm your host of the official recap podcast for Chicago Heroes. Please save me. My name is Ben Flores, and I'm here uh, with my final... Finale-loving co-host uh, uh, is um, reaching into the bottom of the descriptive adjective barrel to describe her. Uh, <laughs> s- here she is. Hi, I'm Sarah Black, and I am kind of acting like those kids in the videos that you see on Twitter of Christmas Day when they open up the box and the thing that they wanted or is so great they didn't even know they could think of it or want it. Um and they're kind of freaking out and they're saying maybe even a swear word or two or they're screaming and crying and it's really cute and we all share it and it gets it goes viral and then we find out the person who posted it is perhaps racist and then we have to kind of cancel them. Um, but I'm the kid in the video thinking about this episode. I'm actually like one of the kids in the videos off of Jimmy Kimmel where the kid... <laughs> is opening and they think that they're getting a 64. They're like, oh, my 64, my 64, I can't wait to get it. And then they open it up and it's moldy sandwich inside uh, because that was how I felt about some of the things in this episode that were so infuriating. I mean, big, big, big twist, big story twist here that hurt. And uh, Okay, so this is kind of strange because I feel like generally you and I are on the same page about the episodes being so good. They cannot get better than this. They cannot top themselves. But with this season finale, I've noticed you've been kind of in a strange mood ever since. And I'm wondering if the moldy sandwich is what did it. It's not how it was done. It's what they did, you know? It's, so it's, you like the directing and the acting and the lighting and the music and all that stuff. And you like the way that it was broadcast, but you don't necessarily like what they did. With it was it. just this one big story element right at the end of this episode that really um, hit me hard. And I was surprised to see how uh, excited you were actually about what happened at the end of the episode. Okay, You, I you think, seemed almost happy. Okay, well, I think so we'll I get can to that. explain that yeah. when we get to it. Okay, so we'll get to that. Uh, but first, we'll get to our uh, guest. Oh, and I cannot wait to get to this guest. Um, uh, you know, for a season finale, we really do try to pull out all the stops. As you know, we did last time we had somebody who really just... Um, yeah, we, we try. Yeah, we Yeah, we try. And uh, we tried really hard this time, too. And I think... uh, We pulled out two, three, four, five stops. Yes. Yeah. And that was all of them. And here's where we are. Uh, Joining us in the trailer today 
um, we're really, really excited to have um, sitting across from us, uh, Bean O'Malley. Hello, Welcome guys. to the show, Bean. Bean, yeah. this is a a pleasure, um, a joy, an honor, and um, we wanted uh, to have you on here because you do have kind of a connection to some of the elements of this season finale in a couple of different ways. Um, you work at the Chicago Aquarium. Yes, I do. I uh, I work at the Chicago Aquarium. Um, I got into it because I love looking at the colors and the ocean, and I was like, okay. I should probably make this a career. So are you like a marine biologist or? Oh, I'm just a tour guide. Oh, okay. So Mm -hmm. if I go to the Chicago Aquarium with Ben on one of our days off, which is pretty much any day, we can show up and you're going to be there and you're going to point us to the fishies and the sharkies. Oh, yeah. I I know where they all are. I could show you where the whales are. Um, I'm. But would you? (laughs) If you asked me, that's my job. What's the number one most annoying thing that people think about fishies and sharkies and whales on your tours uh, that you have to like correct them on? So the kids have this urban myth going on. We at one point had the octopus aquarium next to the clownfish aquarium. Mm-hmm. And for a while, clownfish were disappearing and we were like, what's going on? And apparently someone cooked up a rumor that the octopus at night was just using his tentacles to lift the the ceiling off of his cage and then go in and eat the clownfish. But there's no way an octopus is that smart. No, no. no. Octopuses guys are, are dumb. famously stupid as fuck. That's Very what I said. Dumb flop, flip-flopping around with their dumbass tentacles. Eight-legged freaks. Yeah. You give them an ACT, they couldn't even get in double digits. No way. Couldn't even Yeah, they couldn't even do the part where you write your name and get 13 points just doing that. Mhm. And, and you could never trick me to do that either because there's no way I'm scoring an unlucky 13 points on that. Yeah, no way. And the octopus isn't even smart enough to grow up and still tell everybody what he got on his ACT. Yeah, exactly. So you told them what wasn't true, but uh, what was? How was the clownfishes disappearing? Okay. Oh my god. So they were actually disappearing because we hired this new intern, Mike, on, and he was uh, stealing them in the middle of the night to release them into Lake Michigan because he thought it was inhumane that we had them inside of the aquarium. So something I have a question about, and this is something that I often have a question about when it comes to fishies and sharkies, etc. Um, aren't clownfish saltwater fish? And that's what we told him. Okay, mm-hmm. so he wasn't really doing anybody a favor. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. And I actually remember hearing about that guy, Mike, on because in the Chicago paper, I saw that they had arrested a guy who was dumping big boxes of salt into <laughs> Lake Michigan illegally. Oh, from the, that's how the Morton Salt factory yes that he went because he did a big heist on the morton salt factory and stole thousand gallons of salt yeah and And carried him by himself yeah Yeah. dumping it into lake michigan which i mean is kind of crazy that he would drive so far from chicago all the way to michigan uh but yeah he was a man on a mission i mean we got really bad yelp reviews for a while and we just the shed aquarium tanked yeah, we know something Tanked. about bad <laughs> Yelp reviews because we've been paying one two hundred thousand dollars every week to get ours taken down. Yeah, um, and 
It's interesting that people keep putting us on Yelp as a location just so they can mm-hmm. give us a bad review. And by the way, if you want to leave us a review on the normal place to do it, which is Apple Podcasts, please do, and we'll read your review live on the air. Cool. Well, Bean. that seems like a perfect place for us to transition yes. to this week's episode of Chicago Heroes. Uh, so first things first, uh, obviously you're someone who does your, your homework if you're a tour guide, uh, but you saw the episode, Bean. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I okay. loved it. Great. So are you moldy sandwich or are you screaming happy child? Oh, definitely moldy sandwich. I think more okay. so it's because I missed my lunch hour today at work, but... Mm, got like it. I, like I got food on the mind. Yeah, sure. And is that because you had to watch the episode, steal away and use your lunch hour to watch TV? Oh my God. How did you know? Are you my boss? Because I know because the show airs at 12 p.m. And so. And no, he's not your boss. He's uh, just a little my bit of boss. Sherlocking. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, this week's episode was the se- as we said, it was the season two finale, uh, but they didn't even actually call it just season two finale. They had a title. It was Death and Taxes. Uh, which got me a little bit scared. Yeah, because I hate tax season. Absolutely. And I hate death. Mm. I love how they go seasonal with this show. I mean, we talked about it last week, and we talk about it just about every week. We talk about it most weeks. They really do try to keep their viewers from getting confused Mm -hmm. by matching up the thing that's happening in the show with what's happening out in the world. Yeah, Well, yeah, and that's good, too, for reruns. I know that for me, it can be a little... Yeah, I know, and then reruns can be a little confusing for me. Yeah. Because when I'm watching a rerun, I kind of say to myself, "Mm, that's Easter, but is it Christmas outside? Which one of these is real? Which one of these is fantasy? Well, and it's a little bit interesting with Easter because Easter can happen like any time within the span of mm, two months. easy come, easy go. Yeah, easy come, easy go. And so I'm always like, okay, is it early Easter now or is it late Easter? Anyway, it's kind of weird how Easter's never just on the same day. I love the episode. Yeah, so this was not an Easter episode. Uh, um, (laughs) Not at all. There was no resurrection resurrection here. If you catch Think about the opposite of a resurrection. Yeah. If you're out there in listener land, think about what's the opposite of that. And that's Death. death and taxes. Taxes uh, is the opposite of making money. Freedom. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So, well, uh, Dylan Smith was not experiencing freedom in this episode. <laughs> he was experiencing indebtedness uh, because we had we opened opening shots. Mob guy. Oh, Ooh, and yes. boy, that mob guy was classic scary. Chicago scary mob guy. Scary wearing a pinstripe suit, wearing yeah. a cigar. Wearing his cigar. I didn't think it could happen, but he had it right behind his ear. Next yeah. to a rose, actually. I don't yeah. know. Pin a rose on his nose or behind his ear. And a thin, nasty, oily mustache. Mm. Can we talk about the top hat? I oh, don't think it was necessary. It. Well, with all the stuff behind his ears, it was a little much. Yeah. Um, Listeners, find us on Vine and uh, tell us who wore it better. Uh, did the mobster wear the top hat better or did 
Dylan wear the top hat better because of course that is where these guys met was at the haberdashery trying on top hats. Uh, so the mobster, um, he's coming back in to have his top hat resized and refitted uh, and Dylan he lost just, a little weight off of his head. Yep. And uh, Dylan just happens to be there. So actually not really a planned run in. No, no, it wasn't Dylan. I saw online that Dylan was there to actually get his top hat taller, a stovepipe. Is that what they're called? Yeah, to be like Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. For he, Easter. He, I saw that he wanted it so pronounced when he entered every room that it touched at least a six foot five ceiling. Well, and that makes sense because Dylan Sprouse, the actor, is five, two, three. So he needed that hat to be very tall. Yeah, and famously self-conscious about his penis size. And so <laughs> and that's important. I think that it kind of put little two and two together mm -hmm. uh, and uh, you'd get twice as long as the length of his penis. But also uh, you could connect that what he's doing is heightening his hat as a little bit of overcompensating. Yeah. Uh, and of course, this mobster, he's going in to get his hat shrunked. Right. So what does that tell us about mob guys penis size? Yeah, definitely also overcompensating in a different way. They're just greedy because I saw that he wanted to shrink his hat so he could wear multiple hats at the <laughs> same time. Like the caps for sale guy. Like some kind of a Dr. Seuss character, you know, man of a hundred hats or something yes. like that. Yeah, or the caps for sale guy, which is another book. <laughs> I guess if you have as much money as he does, I would also want to be like, look at how many hats I can purchase at one time. Yeah, and they're nice hats. Oh my God, well, so nice. now I feel a little sorry for Mr. Mobster because he actually has less money than he's supposed to have. Because he is here... <gasps> and I feel bad for him too for that reason. He's here at Dylan's... Uh, Dil at um at Dylan's, which is the name of the haberdashery, which is was confusing. Yes, but <laughs> yeah. it was spelled D Y L A N, which is Dylan Sprouse's spelling. Mm -hmm. But Dylan, the character D D I L L O N. And many of our listeners probably don't even know how the character's name is spelled because they've never seen it. <laughs> uh, but if you've ever read your TV guide before an episode, when or they looked give at the, the credits of the oh, show, oh yeah, yeah, or looked it up on IMDb. Our or... TV usually cuts out before we get to the credits, so <laughs> we're not able to see that. Uh, so I'm usually going off the TV guide. But I knew it because I am looking up the characters so I can print out pictures to to kiss. Now, Bean O'Malley, uh, you can't have uh, probably imagined watching the beginning of this episode that it was going to go to the aquarium later in the episode, but you had a little inside knowledge about that. Yeah, nobody told me that. They were just like, Bean, you are working this fancy gala. And I was like, okay. Because, you know, I like switching from just my normal green polos to tuxedo polos that I've purchased for mm. fancy events at the aquarium. Mm -hmm. So that was nice. Um, and I was actually... Uh, in the back of one of the scenes. Crazy. That's awesome. So that's a little bit of foreshadowing about where this is going. Uh, from a haberdashery to a charity ball at the aquarium. <laughs> but All over the place. <laughs> but why? Uh, well, first, uh, first things first, this mobster, he has a little something to say to Dylan Smith. Yeah, he kind of yanks him aside inside the haberdashery into a little corner where mm -hmm. nobody is, and he kind of breathes really heavy in his face and kind of, you know, uh, gets his nose touching the tip of Dylan's nose. And he says, um, 
you owe me money. Where's my money, Smith? Yeah, and Smith, Dylan says, uh, um, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never seen you before in my life. And the mobster says, you owe me one million dollars mm-hmm. by next week or else and then did the thing where he like dragged his thumb across his throat yes uh which was uh a little confusing to the haberdashery <laughs> worker guy because in haberdashery lingo that means that you want to try on a necktie uh so he comes over with draping hundred neckties over both his arms with <laughs> try all these patterns uh, and so it provides a little bit of a comic relief to this scene in which Dylan Smith's levity. life has just been threatened. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But so now we have uh, a ticking time clock on this episode in terms of what Dylan's got to do. Mm-hmm. Get one million dollars. Yes. But why don't we know why Dylan owes him a million dollars? Like, what's the backstory there? Like, what has he done? I couldn't freaking figure it out at first. But then I we couldn't. do figure it out. What did you think of the uh, way that they revealed that information to us? I, I, thought, I thought it was... Okay. I trust implicitly anything these showrunners decide to do, but I did think a strange... It was a strange tonal shift to have a shot-for-shot remake of the Star Wars opening with all the text just providing us the background that we needed, which is that the mobster confused Dylan for Colton Smith, Dylan's dead brother. And it turns out Colton had... um, owed this mobster a ton of money because he was gambling and was into some shady things pre revolving door starve death. And, um, yeah, at the end of season one for listeners who maybe are picking the show up now, uh, Dylan's twin brother starved to death, stuck in a revolving door. And and speaking of death starve, it was just interesting that they chose to do the star Wars, Crawl. When I think that that's how they did it was a lot of times in terms of filmmaking techniques or story or casting or anything, uh, character names, uh, the writers of this show lead with puns. <laughs> so they'll sort of use a pun to creatively unblock them, I think. Yeah. <laughs> but then, um, you know, where what a lot of artists do is they sort of use a prompt or a brainstorm device to help them get creatively unblocked. Mm-hmm. But then in the final product, they do like, they hide their work. You yeah. Know? These guys show, show their, their work. work yeah. Right? The Death Starve. I mean, they put that in all caps. Yeah. And then they put a winky face after it. Yeah. Is that the kind of humor that you like, Bean O'Malley? Yeah. I don't like subtly knowing what's going on because I, I don't grasp it. I need it laid out literally piece by piece. Otherwise, I'm not going to get it. Mm-hmm. Like well, the, the necktie thing. I didn't even notice that until you guys were talking about it. Mm-hmm. And laying mm. out piece by piece is what that haberdasher was doing with all of those neckties uh, for the mobster to look at as we left this scene uh, and went into the uh, the Death Star cr- uh, text crawl. So, See, I, kinda... I got that. I was like, oh, this is, this is that reference. I got that. I didn't get the humor behind it. I truly, I, I can't follow this show. It's too smart for me sometimes. Well, I think that what's so great about it is that uh, the humor in this show plays straight if you want it to. You know, like you can, you can read something as a joke. You can read it as drama. 
it's it works both ways mm-hmm. yeah i thought it was interesting i read on a subreddit that actually this uh show was adapting some of the themes from the odyssey Oh. oh yeah well you know every story is man versus man man versus nature god man versus nature or man, man versus, versus self self versus and self. this yeah. was a man versus self for right sure. i mean we've got the mobster that's an antagonist you know that's another <laughs> man right um we've got uh god you know dylan is mad at god for, for taking colton right yeah uh we have definitely uh the hats definitely serve as sirens because they're tempting mm, yes mm-hmm. so tempting so and tempting. there's nature because the aquarium Oh, fishies and sharkies, fishies and, sharkies and, whales. Yeah, and whales and that's the next scene so <laughs> Dylan is while Dylan is thinking about uh, how am I going to get all this money inside of a week uh, looking at his calendar kind of he, he's doing he's looking at the calendar and there's seven days on it and he's trying to divide a million by seven figure out how much money he's got to make each day yeah and then he goes he goes to the comment sections of any sort of like kinja powered website and is looking for comments about how you can make three hundred dollars or so in the day <laughs> yeah i thought what yeah, was the problem is, yeah oh sorry i thought what was really interesting about dylan was when he made that uh fake twitter account to try to sell his feet pics oh yes yeah nobody wants him he gets relentlessly trolled <laughs> yeah yeah because of course uh troll feet is what his do look like yeah oh, god they're so gross yeah and he's ignoring all of those kinja thing he's like none of them are for him because he's not a stay-at-home mom so right he's looking and he's like oh, i could make three hundred thousand dollars in a day if only i was a stay-at-home mom yeah and i don't have a husband so i can't make more money than him mm-hmm. uh and that means he's going to have to get uh, creative. He's going to have to look for opportunity wherever it knocks. Mm-hmm. Well, um, Samantha Boltz is the one who knocks because she is the police chief, uh, which she has been every episode, of course. Uh, but she's uh, <laughs> but the, she's especially the police chief in this episode. This one doing what chiefs do, which is going to a benefit, hosting a charity gala as bean told us yeah. uh so this is where we get into bean's wheelhouse so they were um that we 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 cut uh to and it's a slow cut <laughs> as you could imagine uh, a fade a slow fade which is a type of cut see mm-hmm. now i thought that the slow fade worked really well because we're going to the aquarium and it was like water washing over the we get the star wars crawl that's crawl crawl crawling Mm -hmm. and then it starts to turn into the ocean washing 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 (laughs) yeah yeah so that was pretty pretty good yeah so you liked all of it up until this point so far you were feeling great it's honestly it's only the last thing that really put grinding in my gears and we'll get to that i loved how the clear ocean it started off clear and blue and beautiful and then it turned murky and green and we were like, okay, we're taken from this fantasy world to the grit of Chicago. I was like, that's beautiful. Oh, yes. and that's juxtaposition. For and sure. they got that uh, green water I read on a, um, a sub subreddit from the Chicago a River. Reddit. They, yeah, they got it. Well, <laughs> okay. this is actually sort of a water, in, it's not subterranean, sub aquarium. Mm-hmm. 
They got that green water that you're talking about being uh, got that green from water. the Chicago River after it had been dyed green for St. Patrick's Day. Oh, oh yes. Uh, Another timely. Well, they were kind of, it's a, and it's also budget. It's saving money. Yes. You know, because and... it's like this water, they dye it green and then they don't use it for anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just sits there. Yeah. Well, uh, the Chicago Heroes folks, they said, mm, what if we film it? <laughs> so they piped it all out into the studio and filmed it. Yeah, and that was good. So there's a char- so anyway, charity ball. Charity, charity ball, ball at the Chicago Aquarium. It's big. It's lavish. It's black tie or tuxedo, tuxedo polo, polo in you. some cases. Um, and Dylan is there to support his friend Samantha. All the heroes are there, but Dylan's most most there out of all of them. Yeah, we've got rookie cop Serena Sanchez. Um, um, we have Pierce Brosnan, the doctor. And we have Mark Briggs, the lawyer. So we've got the whole cast. whole gang. And we have Bean O'Malley in the background mm-hmm. as a tour mm-hmm. guide. Yeah, it was uh, really cool to find out that that was happening. And then I uh, actually in the last uh, take that they did, um, I didn't I forgot to wear a belt to work that day. Oh, no. I know. And my pants fell down and I tripped. Saw it. You did? (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, finish the story because I didn't see it. So embarrassing. I fell head first into the beta fish aquarium Mm -hmm. shattered it shattered after they got the cut i became a viral meme so in a way i I was just kidding i did see it i just wanted you to finish the story i don't it was embarrassing my boss actually uh, he has me on what we call trip watch which Uh, is the cameras are on me in the aquarium all the time I like that they cut to security footage feed through a lot of this uh (laughs) Gala, so that yeah. instead of getting things in close up and in color, we in, got or kinda, in detail, yeah, with sound, yeah. we got kind of grainy frame by frame black and white footage. Yeah, I loved that, which makes you feel like a crime is happening, even though it was the crime mostly the crime was clumsiness. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I wasn't like obviously a big part of it, that was yeah. not scripted, you weren't <gasps> supposed to be totally an accident, but you were. Yeah. And that's cool. Yeah. I They didn't even tell me I didn't sign off on using the security footage. I was so going to ask, have... did you sign a release? And did everybody you work with have to sign a release? But it sounds like maybe no. No, I actually begged my boss, please don't do this. So that must have <laughs> peed you in terms of seeing the way that they did the did the edit on you where they did enhance, enhance, enhance on your trip, like over and over and over. Well, and they did the puppy ears on you. And the mo- Yeah, yeah, they snapped you. I wasn't expecting that. I thought it was going to be a small part of the show, and then probably when the viral memes started, they were going to do that. But no, I should have guessed with the, the Death Star footage that they were just going to go for it again, but I can't pick up on their comedy. Yeah, it's for Smarties. Well, uh... Mm, I don't have anything to say about that. Uh, <laughs> I thought okay. I did. I thought Wait, I did. Why I'm don't just... you say something different, which is what was this charity ball for? Yeah. Well, uh, you've heard of um, Habitat for Humanity, right? Mm. You've heard of Big Brother, Big Sister. Yeah. Yeah, that's a reality to- show. You've is heard. It? Or, yes, oh. exactly. You've heard. And it's British. Big Brother. Yeah. Big Brother, Big Sister is a British reality that's the show. show. 
And so it actually is like a charity because in Brit- it helps people get famous. It's competition. Mm-hmm. And in Britain, the government pays for TV. Ah, uh, yeah. That. But uh, have you ever heard of a charity that rescues retired <laughs> racehorses and makes them into police horses? No. What's it called? <laughs> horse to horse. Uh, and so this was a charity for, uh, this was a charity ball for the charity Horse to Horse, uh, where they take a horse and they make it into a different kind of horse. Of course. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and there was a lot of those jokes going around in, in, uh, Samantha Boltz's speech. Yeah. Uh, mostly she said a horse, a horse, of course, of course. Yeah. She kept saying just the Mr. Ed theme song and a lot of people, people there were getting were, bored. Yeah. People were getting bored and people were kind of like, it's leaving. I, I yeah. kind of get what this is, but a lot of people there were not old enough yeah, to understand. Were... I think my favorite line at the gala was when she said, clickety clackety, gotta go get a snackety. Ooh. Yeah. That yeah. was fun. Most people had m- did miss that because they had left by then. And I think that that is why they focused on you <laughs> with your trip so, so heavy much. was you were one of maybe four or five people left in this giant aquarium ballroom yeah that's true so um, i was wondering uh and i don't know if you know being like why I, i'm i didn't understand why did they put this charity gala for re- retired racehorses making into police horses why did they put it in the aquarium Oh, that's a great question. So actually beforehand, apparently, they called ahead thinking that it was just going to be in a space for horses. And our the Shed Aquarium confused it with, oh, you want to host a gala for seahorses. So there's a little bit of miscommunication there. Oh, that's funny. What? A- oh, I can imagine how that call would have yeah. gone. Okay, let's do it. Okay, I'll be the aquarium person. Okay, and I'll be horse to horse CEO. Okay. Aquarium. Hi, is this the Chicago Aquarium? This is the Chicago Shed Aquarium. Okay, great. Hi, um, I am CEO of a big company, um, charity, actually, um, a 501c3. We're called Horse to Horse, and it's not really important what we do. All I need to ask you is, can we use a space for horses? Do you want to see horses? Yes, we'd love to see horses. Excellent. We have a space to see horses. Oh, that's great. So yeah, um, and the more people can see horses, the more they're going to care about what we're doing. There's going to be lots of seahorses at this event. Um, you're kind of breaking up. Do you say there's going to be lots to see w- in the regards to horses? Yes, see horses. Okay, well, if that's the case, um, I'll mail a check for a million and a half dollars over to you for the space. Very good. <laughs> Click. Wait, do you have a cater? <sighs> so that's probably, is that about how you would think that went, Bean? Honestly, I found the transcript for it in mm. my boss's office pretty close. Yeah. The miscommunication with they wanted to see horses, they thought it was seahorses. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. So that's comedy that everybody can get. That's broad. Yeah. Um, uh, well, uh, broad is what the wallet was of uh, this guy who Dylan meets at the charity event. Yeah. yeah. He's a charity fat cat. A yeah. So real his mogul. waist belt was also broad. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah, maybe, maybe that's where your belt went. If you couldn't find it being is cause this guy was wearing three or four belts tied together. Oh, I knew right away he was important because he was wearing a long flowing robe that followed him. Yes. <laughs> and he was so mad when he got there because he thought it was going to be horses. 
he said sea horses more like sea hell and then he just took his robe like a vampire he looked like uh, a king he looked kind of like a vampire king he did and he he swished it away and i was like this man is important and i i got out of his way and then that was actually when i tripped i was so nervous around him oh okay that yeah makes sense i would be nervous around a guy who looked like that too a, a big old a big old fat cat who is wearing a vampire king robe and multiple mm-hmm. belts and kind of talking like he smokes a hundred packs a day and uh, f- being followed by flunkies all around him. But it's great that Dylan got to corner him and say uh, the thing he learned from the scroll, the uh, the crawl, the Star Wars crawl, which is that. <laughs> Yeah, because Dylan had actually watched the Star Wars uh, scrawl, scroll as uh, well. Uh, So that was kind of an interesting thing that they did with meta TV in this episode was the way that they showed that scene where we had said that this was the next scene. But there actually had been that scene with the scrawl, the scroll, where uh, Dylan was sitting in his little apartment watching that scroll scroll that right. we were watching so at first it looks like god at first it looks like we're just watching it right and it looks like it's just on our screen but then we zoom out and we see that we are in dylan's living room and he is watching the same thing we're watching so he gets all the background information at the same time as us but in a different mm-hmm. timeline what i thought was most interesting was how that didn't seem to matter you know, for what Dylan does next, right? Because none of that background info really helps him. You know, no. it's like... No, it didn't. Because that's all info about his dead brother and how his brother had, like, big gambling problems and everything. I guess it gives him the idea that gambling would be a good way for him to make a uh, million dollars in a week after he gives up on uh, kind of um, kickstarting his money. So that's what he meant when he finally, after trying to kickstart and trying to be stay-at-home mom when he goes i got it and then it just cuts yeah mm-hmm. and so when we see him talking to this um uh, i want to uh, i want to see horses sort of vampire king mm-hmm. fa- charity mogul fat cat guy uh and dylan asks him say do you know anything about a uh poker game for rich people and right? the guy says <laughs> the guy says yeah yeah, yeah. Not, does not hesitate. It's just like, yeah. 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 Um, did they shoot a longer version of that scene, Bean? Where they talk about the poker game? Yeah, because, I mean, he goes, do you know anything about a poker game? He goes, say, do you know anything about a poker game for rich people? And the guy goes, yeah. Yeah, they had to direct him a little bit because the cat kept almost being... <laughs> The cat almost kept being like too subtle. He would be like, money, currency, money, 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 Bitcoin. And they were like, the cat, just get to it. And so eventually he just had to say yes instead of all these weird buzzwords like Vegas, tables, casino, coins. And yeah, it did seem like the way that it was cut was very abrupt. So it felt like maybe, yeah, we had just gotten off a long ad lib. It's interesting to hear that it was like a bunch of word association that didn't really yeah. add any context. And you would have, um, if you were there, you could feel how upset the actor was because mm-hmm. he took the speech, modeled 
line for line from Lady Macbeth's huge monologue. Oh, okay. So he was pissed. He just had to say yes. Yes. Mm. Okay. Yes. Okay. That makes more sense. When Kenneth Branagh has such a deep background knowledge of Shakespeare that I can imagine he's bringing that into each performance. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a guy who's played Hamlet, you know? So to stick him with just saying yes, that's got to be frustrating for an actor like that. But so frustrating. it's also got to be frustrating that they put him in a fat suit for kind of a laugh. Yeah. Yeah. Big, big. Uh, it, well, it was the same suit uh, as Fat Bastard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that was another budget thing. You yeah. Know? They just had um, to use something. the network has the rights to Fat Bastard. <laughs> it was sort of entertaining off screen because um, when he didn't get to say the speech he had prepared, he stomped his little feet and he said, Wait, wait, wait! I'm a baby, and we were like, "Okay, we get it." Yeah. You know, you don't get to say it, and then he literally rolled around through a temper tantrum. I saw those outtakes on Vine, and uh, what's funny is he's—I mean, this is a guy who can nail Shakespeare, absolutely nail, knock it, it out of the park. But yep. his take on Fat Bastard is bad. <laughs> I mean, I gotta say, it's really bad. Yeah, because what, what he forgets is that Fat Bastard isn't a baby. He eats, eats baby. He just wears a diaper. I think again, a miscommunication. Yeah. And it was interesting that those three or four belts strung together were just holding up a, a diaper. Diaper under that robe. <laughs> he got really yeah. into character. Yeah. We could tell even through that. Yes. Yeah. So Dylan says, I want it. I'm going to be part of this poker game. And Charity Mogul Fat Cat Vampire King says. He kind of nods. Yeah. He's like, okay. And then the cat hands him his business card and. They kind of just go their separate ways. The cat esquire is what it says on his business card. Yeah. Uh, With a phone number. Uh, So we see Dylan calling a phone call. Yeah. 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 Uh, We see him. He he calls the phone call. And there's a pre-recorded message on there that tells him where to go and when to be there for this poker game. High stakes poker game. Yes. I thought it was really interesting how they incorporated that to get to the phone call, you had to vocalize what you think the sound of money sounds like. Oh, yeah. And that was a really fun, that's like kind of a masterclass for Dylan because he is sort of, um, I don't know if you guys have read this in the trades, but he's been dipping his toe into like Foley work. Um, so doing like sound effects, etc. So this is kind of like a fun way to showcase a talent that he's been kind of working on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they definitely brought the actor's experience into the character's experience. When we were watching him in his dingy little apartment, watching TV, we could see that he had big sheets of metal sitting up mm-hmm. against his wall and rain sticks yep. and, yeah. uh, cl- you know, pipes to clang together. And he had sandpaper and yeah. cork board. That and- was great background instrumentals for the prices, right? Da, 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 da. I was like, I can hear money. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I loved the and I loved the way that he had a full size plinko board that he used uh, on that phone call, and that was what finally got him where they gave him the address and the time for the game. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, at the Chicago Lounge. Yep. Uh, at. On Ch- mm, I thought we're not supposed to say where it is. But we could say when it was. When it was it, at oh, 9, nine p.m. PM. on Friday. Yep. Yeah. Nine p.m. on a Friday. So Dylan has discreet. Time. Yeah, Discreet. so Dylan has most of the week to practice his poker. And boy, does he practice. He sets aside all that Foley work that he's been doing, and he sets aside 
looking at uh, Kinja-powered websites, comment sections, and he just gets to play. Doesn't go to the fire station all week. He just holes up in his room practicing poker. Playing himself. And Turned we kind his of phone on airplane mode. Yeah. So many people probably died during that time. Honestly, yeah, because, you know, there's not that many policemen in Chicago or firemen in Chicago. Well, and because we cut over to the, I mean, especially because we had seen earlier in the episode um, in the previews for it, because uh, there was only three scenes before this, but in the previews for it, uh-huh. they had showed this kind of mishap happening where the 911 at the fire station. <laughs> Um, he had call, they had set call forwarding on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the yes got forwarded to his cell phone, which was on airplane mode and nobody was any the wiser. And so Dylan kind of takes this week, uh, this week off the grid for self care and learning to play poker real good. But you could tell he still cared about the clientele of the fire department with how delicately mm. he handled uh, his voicemail outgoing message. I thought it was really bold to just record a fart <laughs> and say, eat a dick. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he had to re-record that like seven times. Were you there for the rest of the filming? No, I just heard this from a friend of mine who was an extra in the past. Oh, you have a friend who's an extra. Yeah. Okay. Write that down. Very cool. <laughs> very, very cool. I have written it down. Thank you. Um, so Dylan gets real good at poker. He becomes really good at counting cards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. For blackjack. Yeah, we see him spending a good amount of time uh, accidentally getting good at blackjack, <laughs> uh, where he's learning about when to double down and when to fold them, when to hold them. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that's poker. you would think that then what he would do is go to a casino and play blackjack, but there's no way that you can make a million dollars at a casino, you know? No, the house always wins. House always wins. Plus the only casino close to Chicago is the one off the Rosemont blue line. Tables start at $50. Does he even have $50? Yeah. That's the thing is Dylan doesn't even have $50 to his name. (laughs) And Uh, he has to make a million. Right. So he's relying on this charity fat cat mogul, uh, the cat Esquire, to uh, extend him a line of credit to play in this poker game, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so, and he also goes. He also doesn't not. He also doesn't not go. Not only because, um, well, <laughs> I think the reason that Sarah's having a little trouble right now with the recap is this is all uh, implied, right? They don't show us why he doesn't not go, but. Uh, Sarah is a smart viewer, and so she had this whole elaborate theory worked out for why he doesn't not go, and now she's trying to. Yeah, like, I was just again. gonna say that he decides to go to the poker game <laughs> because he RSVP'd yes, and Dylan never turns down. He's not a flake. He's not a flake. He doesn't back out on friends, and he doesn't bail on plans. I imagine that could be hard if you mark like interested in probably all of the improv shows he's interested in as a method actor yeah no he definitely goes i've heard of people seeing him there because he's accidentally clicked interested on it on facebook and it has been like oh, well now i have to go well, i have to hold my but i've never seen him at one and i've never seen him at any of my ucb classes no you would think that you would would see him but well now there. i well, don't want to foreshadow too much but we're probably not going to see much of him anymore period <gasps> yeah 
And so I think that this is just kind of cataloging some of Dylan's sins that maybe he's going to have to pay for, uh, in terms of, mm-hmm. yeah, we love the myth, uh, but let's tear the myth down and let's look at the man. Yeah. You know, uh, and the man, he's just a guy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, man versus self. In terms of being a guy, he's going to be versing some other guys at this poker game, which yeah. he goes to, and he's winning big handily. You know, big, yeah. he's winning hands. Yeah. And big, he's winning hands. Two mans, two hands. Handily, yeah. <laughs> Uh, he's playing mano a mano. Uh, yeah, he w- wins a hand. He does. Somebody has to. Few big ones. I yeah. mean, what were some of you guys' favorite hands that Dylan got in this poker game? Easy. I loved when he got the royal flush, mm. and he was like, he flashed it at the cat who was wearing a golden robe, mm. and he was like, "You're not the only royal here." Oh my god, goosebumps! Yeah, that yeah. was good. He had all these kind of quippy things that he was saying, like he did a full house and then he was like, you know, whatever happened to predictability. Am I right, guys? And winked and mm-hmm. yeah, I was kind of like, that's a stretch. Of, it was a good TV joke where, you know, this show does a great job of having its characters live in the real world, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like we know this is a guy who's seen full house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that makes him more relatable. Yeah, you could tell by like some of his lines, like when he got all aces and he looked at that one dude who made dog food and said, you're in the doghouse now. I was like, oh, that's such a Danny. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think it's probably important for us to point out who some of these other people ended up being. At, oh, the, yeah. at the poker game. Yes, at yeah. the poker game. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's a classic uh, who's who of moguls. You know, types mm-hmm. of guys that would be playing at a 9 p.m. high stakes poker game at the Chicago Lounge. Yeah, on sort of think Elon Friday. Musk, but mm-hmm. Chicago. Yes. Uh, yeah. So we had uh, number one dog food guy. Yeah. Dog food guy. Interesting. Big dog food mogul. Yeah. Uh, the doghouse line. D- oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. That's and, how we knew. And Dylan's, Dylan's pretty interested in that he's getting along with that guy he's and like, i must say he looked like a golden retriever a little bit like if sometimes people look a little bit like a dog and that's definitely like mm-hmm. had a good snout um nice mane of hair all that good stuff mm-hmm. 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 and dylan and he seemed to be getting along pretty well despite dylan kind of mm, dylan goes uh yeah dylan's a vegan right so he's uh asks the dog food guy what do you make the dog food out of mm-hmm. and uh, the guy goes meat uh which <laughs> strike one you know yeah uh, and then dylan asks him what kind of meat and uh the guy goes uh, rather not say yeah okay. and then dylan's kind of like, mystery okay and then he kind of laughs nervously and is like <laughs> are you gonna put me through a meat grinder if after this or something is it is it human flesh and then, yeah, all the dog food guy just said was, huh, I do that. And we were like, what the fuck is uh, that Yeah, mean? it's kind of like, okay, is this guy joking or is he serious? And then <laughs> Dylan makes conversation with a couple of the other guys at the table. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. A um, glue man. Glue. Yeah. Yeah. Dylan has a hard time getting that one out of him. But he asks the guy, what do you, what do, you do? The guy goes, I'm, uh, I got a factory. Yeah. yeah. And Dylan's kind of like, oh. Cool. Yeah. I love unions. What's... Yeah. What kind of factory? 
Yeah. Yeah. He goes, I'm a vegan kind of guy. <laughs> like worker. I'm on the, I'm a working on the side of the working class. Yeah. And I'm a vegan. <laughs> I was wondering if the glue guy was a callback to the horses because I've heard that sometimes. Yeah. yeah it make could horses be. Horses in yeah. And I think that you're like a smart viewer, you know, so you figured that out before Dylan did. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. it takes, because you actually put it together with two. Right, mm-hmm. but for Dylan, it takes him three to put, three it, together. To put it together. So the third right? guy he talks three. to the third because the guy says glue factory, big glue factory yeah. is what I own. Right? Yeah, and I make big mucho dinero from it. Right, <laughs> he goes, I make buku bucks off my glue. Right, you got you got something to say about it? And, and Dylan Dylan's goes, like, uh, no, no, sir. Buddy. <laughs> uh, but I, do you have something to say about this? It shows him uh, four aces, <laughs> and and goes, you're in the doghouse now. And the glue guy goes, doesn't work. And then third guy he talks to, gelatin guy. Jello man. Jello man. Yes, yes, Mr. Jello. Mr. Jello himself. And no, it was not Bill Cosby. No, 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 no. no. This was a guy named Mr. Jello, and he is the heir to the Jello, Jello fortune throne. and the throne. Uh, and he is also wearing a robe. It's re- it's a red robe, not a gold robe. And it's jiggly. And we should have mentioned every one of these guys is wearing a big king's robe, mm-hmm. vampire king's robe. Uh, Which makes you think, like, are they a part of a cult? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. And well, so Dylan starts to try to connect the dots. Its own? Yes. Yeah. It's connecting dots. About that. You know, yeah. who are these Illuminati? Yeah. Right? Uh, and what does he figure out? He goes, he keeps just going. Dog, dog food. food, dog food, glue, glue. gelatin, gelatin. DGG, DGG, dog, 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 dog with two G's, Snoop dog with two G's, big dog, big dog. dog. It's a big dog. Big dog big is like dog. a. Like a, like a, like a, a cow. cow. A cow. 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 Big dog is like a cow. Cow. So he's doing all this in the bathroom. And when he... He's, he's doing all this in the bathroom, right? Can't get in front any, of the mirror. And he's can't get anywhere with it. Everywhere. Sweating hard. Sweating, sweating hard. Starts to hear the charity mogul fat cat yeah. talking to the other guys yeah. out from... Uh, out from uh, outside the other side of the bathroom yeah, yeah. door and the charity mogul he overhears the charity mogul guy going to the other moguls saying I got a new uh, shipment of horses coming in off the racetrack this weekend uh, so uh, Mr. Jello you can make those into Jello and he says uh, <laughs> glue man uh, we're gonna have new- you know what to do yeah, you know what yeah. to- <laughs> we've got a- 20 horses for your glue man group yeah. so for you guys to grind them up for glue and then he says to the uh, dog food guy uh, dog food guy goes I know what kind of, you know what kind of meat I like to make dog food out of yeah, <laughs> yeah. and Dylan said, looks in the mirror says to himself horse Horse. horse, of course, of horse. course, a horse, a horse, of course, of course, and then he high tails it, it out, out of there, there. gallops, yeah. leaps, yeah. canters. I mean, his it's like his tail mm-hmm. is flip flapping up high, like a horse running. His ears are flicking away flies, like he's yeah. a and who horse. does he think he's got to run to? Well. Who would you guys go to if you had just uncovered a giant <laughs> conspiracy? Oh, man. If I'm uncovering a giant conspiracy, I've got to go to the chief of police. 
I was going to say someone affiliated with the government. So yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And uh, that's where it's kind of a little man versus self thing because a Dylan, of course, is associated with the government himself. <laughs> right. But so, you know, who watches the watchman, uh, the watchwoman? So he goes to Samantha uh-huh. Bolt uh-huh. and she is at another police chief thing. Yeah. But this time it's a big parade. <laughs> That's what police chiefs always be doing, right? Charity balls. Parades. 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 I did like that the parade opened. Going to a cookout. With a giant Goku balloon. Yeah. That was like really cool. What a I callback think, to I my think, childhood. I think that they do great product placement and uh, they make good use of their intellectual property in this show. Mm-hmm, and um, mm-hmm. we've said it before. We'll say it again. You know, at the end of the season, they use up all their cuss words for the show. So you'll get these really profanity laden episodes or at the end of the calendar year. Uh, but at the end of a season, they have to squeeze in all of the properties that they had rights to mm-hmm, into mm-hmm. the episode if they haven't used them so that they keep the rights to them for next season. Right. Yeah. It's kind of use it or lose it. Right. So that's why we had Dragon Ball Z in this episode. That's why we had Fat Bastard in this episode. That's why we had Garfield. That's why we had... uh, Right. I mean, the catering at the uh, aquarium was all big lasagnas. Yeah. And I'm like, why are they eating lasagna? It's uh, spring. And then you (laughs) realize the gala is taking place on a Monday and you're like, oh Oh, my God. Oh gosh. 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 And And also Gucci was there. They didn't have to actually use Garfield, right? No. Because if they use the idea of Monday and they use the The idea idea of of lasagna, lasagna. that (laughs) is by the property of the transitive sum of parts, yeah. that's Garfield. Which characters, well, for a viewer. which characters was it um, in that scene where the one person says, oh my gosh, and then the other one says, oh my Garfield, and then just starts... That was Goofy his, who said, oh my gosh. His finger, his finger guns. He's like going, you know, to go away. Yeah. Uh, so it, oh yeah well that's because they actually have the rights to snapping uh so they had to get a lot of snapping in in this episode and that's why they snapped you with the dog ear filter oh yeah do they have the rights to fingers you would think maybe because of course they had that octopus in there uh and the octopus has eight fingers and so <laughs> Uh, they showed the two fingers doing the snapping and then the eight fingers doing on the octopus and that makes 10. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of rights. <laughs> 10 fingers. That'll do it. That's how many we have. Exactly. 10 toes, perfect so, baby. So Dylan Smith uh, pulls Samantha Bolt aside at this uh, parade. And she is flustered. She's like, hey, what's the big idea? Come on, I'm on the top of the float. Oh, yeah, Dylan has to climb up this uh, grown-ups two float uh, to get up there to (laughs) Samantha Bolt. Uh, Of course, a franchise that uh, uh, the network recently having purchased Happy Madison Productions needs to get into the episode in order to make grown-ups three next year. I cannot wait. And Samantha was uh, a little peeved because they had used the rest of their production money to hire Susan Boyle to sing on the bottom of the float. Yes, and Susan Boyle, it's interesting that the network would put all their money into Susan Boyle in this, the year of our Lord, 2019, but it was a nice nostalgia play. Oh my God, so well, nice. Well, and 
you know, I, I hate to correct a co-host, but you remember that they have been filming the show for a long time, Sarah. Of course I remember so that. So I think but... it's one of those things where it's like, you know, they got the rights to Susan Boyle uh, <laughs> many years ago. Yeah, I know? guess I just, most of the time they're very, very good about not having any sort of like anachronisms in the show. Yeah, I mean, they should have, they called this episode Death and Taxes, you know? But Which in is... terms of the gambling and in terms of having, they should have called it The Bad Bet. Yeah, they should have. Oh. And somebody should have thought about that, I don't know, before they... <laughs> put out the episode yeah but unfortunately she can hardly sing anymore yeah has any of the writers of the episode reached out to you guys to like personally personally uh work on it oh no they've only reached out to us to tell us to stop contacting them retraining order and things like that yeah uh so you see all the um around us here in the please save me podcasting trailer do you see all of the crumpled up papers that are stuffing the walls for insulation to keeping us warm right yes, now. Yes, do you see what I see? Are yeah. those all of the Cease and skip, desist scripts? letters. Yeah. Oh, those are yeah. the... Yeah, no. Oh, scripts, oh. I wish. We would never crumple a script. No, As you can see, digital. the one page of a script that we um, did find out of the trash is framed up on the back wall behind me. That's, mm-hmm. I saw that. Gold frame, beautiful. Yeah, that's page six of the 27th webisode. Yes. Oh, I thought maybe these were specs that you had written that were all around the wall no i keep my specs in the cloud yeah and oh. i follow the law which the cease and desist tell us that under <laughs> no circumstances are we allowed to keep those unburnt uh so yep and the cloud is not physical so you can't be burnt or unburnt the safest place well, an unsafe place is where this parade is for the fat cat. Uh, because he shows up. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, um, so I want to say I love that they did this parade around like midnight, 1 a.m. Yeah. Just like a classic Chicago kind of late night parade post poker game. <laughs> mm hmm. Also, yeah, um, yeah. Well, uh, uh, Susan Boyle can't. Uh, she can't go into the sunlight. <laughs> well, uh, and that keeps with the vampire theme. Yes. Pretty, oh my god. Pre- keeps it pretty tight. Yes, and it keeps with her. What she was singing was she was kind of going, one, two. Sort of like, <laughs> yeah, not really even singing at all. Yeah, I told you she can't sing anymore. It was just Gregorian chants, and then sometimes she would, she would interlay that one uh, train lyric that was like, oh, "She only drinks coffee at midnight." And I was like, "Oh, that's why. That's probably why Susan Boyle only stays awake. I think probably she also only drinks coffee at midnight." So she not was telling us can... a lot about herself. Yeah. And I was deciding whether to say this, use podcast time to say it, but I will, but not to be confused with uh, Gregorian Chance, the rapper, who was the uh, other guest that who they had the waiting Marshall to headline. Who was the Marshal of the Parade. Yeah, but yeah Mar- he was doing double duty. Marshal <laughs> of the Parade, and then he was going to headline after Susan Boyle uh, warmed up the crowd. I love Gregorian Chance. I bought all of his cassettes, because that's the only thing he releases his music on. I yeah. love that he only records on the B-side. <laughs> Yeah, I love that he owns a bunch of publications in Chicago. <laughs> Chicago Sun? Yep. It's the only one I read. Uh, I'll tell you who doesn't read it is Susan Boyle. <laughs> 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 
well, the cat shows up and the uh, cat was out of the bag, and the bag was the poker game. He shows up at the there. wrong time yeah. because Susan Boyle has gotten this crowd fucking hot. <laughs> and, uh, uh, I mean, they're in a lather, and um, people are. Uh, sweaty and writhing and grinding. So the cat is trying to work his way through them to get to Samantha Bolt before uh, what's-his-name can tell her the stuff, you know? So, uh, (laughs) and um, if I'm not saying Dylan's name right now, if I'm kind of forgetting who he is... It's because you're mad. It's because I'm mad, and it's just a little bit of a coping mechanism for what's going to happen at the end of this episode. Oh, no. Uh, But first, we have a little something to celebrate. Which is that the fat cat, uh, he can't get to them before Dylan has told Samantha about what the fat cat has done, right? That he's running an illegal horse trading ring in which he steals racehorses off of, instead of rescuing them, he turns them into glue and dog foods and... Mm -hmm. Oh, that's what was going on. I think. Yeah. That's what it said on the subreddit. Oh. Yeah. The subreddit or the sub-subreddit? The sub aquarium Reddit? No, that's a different thing. Mm. That's about Mike. Oh, this was on the sub equine Reddit. <laughs> ah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, because it's where they discuss the role of horses in Chicago Heroes. Oh, I only ever go to the uh, subreddit about Equus, the stage play featuring Daniel Radcliffe fucking a horse. Right. Right. Easily to easy to confuse the well especially easy to confuse the two after this episode because of course they uh the network has the rights to Equus. yes of course so we we had that scene of daniel radcliffe uh (laughs) fucking the horse in the parade you know what a lot of people don't know either is that um the company actually has the rights to daniel radcliffe shirtless so he can't take off his clothes unless he calls the company personally like i've heard it's difficult for him to shower oh i'm sure it's also difficult for him to say make love or yeah shower <laughs> sometimes he, he just showers with his, sh- his clothes a lot well and ben and i have to do that sometimes too oh okay well and plus i mean even besides you know daniel radcliffe this isn't a guy who makes love this is a guy who fucks <laughs> uh, a horse in this episode. And he had permission to take his shirt off. Oh yeah, d- definitely. He was um, fully naked. <laughs> Except for, I thought it was an interesting character choice well, to leave his socks on though. And the top hat, no less. The police horses, uh, all watching, uh, this happen with rapt interest and intensity. Well, they get distracted when the cat shows up because the cat, I mean, he's practically like Voldemort for horses, you know? I mean, uh, horses cannot Ralph Fiennes may be Voldemort for Daniel Radcliffe, but uh, the guy who played the cat. Kenneth. Brana. Brana. Yeah. In Fat Bastard Suit, that guy is Voldemort for horses. Yeah. Yeah. Who can't say his name? They can't say his name. No. No. Yeah. Uh, can't say anything, right? Because if they... No, yeah, they can't say anything. Because it's always like, you know, whenever I hear a horse trying to talk, it sounds to me like... <laughs> well, then you've you never know? met Mr. Ed. Well, uh, the fat cat is about to meet, maybe not Mr. Ed, but Dr. Death. Uh, because all of these horse police horses, when they see him, they do a stampede. Yes, and it. I thought it was interesting and kind of fun frankly to do a um 
shot for shot remake of the wildebeest stampede from the lion king and they did it animated Mm -hmm. in the same fashion well i think that they had used up their um live action budget when they by the time that they did that scene so uh and that makes sense and then there was a cartoon rendering of fat bastard suit kenneth brana yeah rest of the episode is animated which did soften (laughs) the blow of the last thing that happened sure um but i i just wish i had gotten to see those police horses actually trample you know without animated yeah Um, yeah because it would have been even better well maybe they shot something for next season the animation of the the uh reusing the lion king clip Mm -hmm. and then the just the poor photoshop of the horse's heads onto the wildebeest yeah, that was who who signed off on that? Oh, it's sort of is a classic. A I mean, it's a classic thing that they've done in episodes before, where they do these kind of construction paper cutouts of for animation, uh, like early South Park style. Yeah, you know, mm. like Terrence, early Terrence and Philip shorts. Yep, and paste <clears> them <throat> over existing intellectual property. You mm-hmm. know, and I'm now realizing this was also probably a rights issue. Well, uh, now it's parody. Of course, they have the rights to the Lion King. Uh, they have the rights to parody the Lion King. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So they have to do. A par- and we all have. They the have right. to do a parody of the Lion King every season, uh, <laughs> yeah. or they'll lose the right because a yeah. right is something you can lose. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same thing as like water. You got to drink water every day to survive. They have to insert Lion King every every season season to survive to survive a paycheck well the cat doesn't survive he gets trampled to death and sarah and i were cheering hard oh my gosh i could hear you through my noise canceling headphones and i could see you uh through my horse blinders clap clap clapping at this villain getting his comeuppance one of the better villain deaths we've had this season Mm, let's talk about our other favorite villain deaths (laughs) from chicago heroes uh, um, oh, maybe the, you know we've covered the main episodes so much. Mm-hmm. Maybe the webisodes. Are... Okay, but I do want to say one from the main oh, episode, sure. which is the dog show one, where the dog just tore the villain to pieces, and um, there was blood everywhere. Um, if you recall that one, and this is a show that loves animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So I mean, when I think about my favorite villain deaths from the webisodes, they're definitely also uh, animal. Related, yeah, yeah. I mean, I loved the one where they had um, Serena Sanchez, and they did a retelling of like Jonah going inside the whale, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this version, it's Serena Sanchez going inside the whale mm-hmm. uh, with her personal arch nemesis, and it's a one cannot live while the other survives type situation in that whale. Oh, kind of like a Voldemort harry potter thing yeah and she fights her yeah it's the other finds uh guy so there's ralph and then rafe rafe and then sure. um, the other one yeah you know. i personally love the one where they had robert de niro guest star as santa and then it was actually kind of sweet how he died because um he was just thinking so hard about it how he cares <laughs> about animal testing that his heart just exploded yeah and he was a good villain <laughs> too yeah that was the name of the ep- the webisode was the good villain the good villain. uh which is sort of a play on words double entendre yeah um, because he's a great villain a little but he's innuendo. also a good guy yeah really uh, makes you think like i want to write a college thesis all about that one right uh, 
And I mean, I would actually argue that the real villain of that webisode was the elf, you know, and yes. the elf's desk. I mean, death, de- the elf's desk. Uh, <laughs> fell on the elf. Fell on the elf. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the elf was on a shelf. And oh, so it was funny. I mean, it's funny. The elf was on a shelf and the elf's desk was on a higher shelf. And the elf's <laughs> desk fell on the elf and it knocked the elf off the shelf into Santa's bag where he suffocated. <laughs> um, and that's our favorite villain deaths, I think from this season. Um, and that brings us to the um, big twist of this episode. Well, not quite because yeah. we have D- Dylan and Samantha like kind of laughing about how everything just turned out fine. And, I was uh, forgetting that because we and me and you and I had just been laughing about it and I was confusing myself with them as I so often do. Sure. I often yeah. get confused about who's a character and who's real. Yeah. Oh, I get that. Like when you love the TV show so much, you're like, what is my perceived reality? Am I a part of it? And then, I mean, this this episode I actually was, which was crazy. Yeah. And you were so good. And I they wanna want say that. you to think about that stuff. They do. You know, and they ask you to. That's why they it. show you Dylan watching the episode. Exactly. And yes, as you said, as they, they ask you to. They- yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's why in the TV guide it has um, book club questions. <laughs> Not only did they stop at uh, showing Dylan watching the episode, but they, they went so much farther into it that they yeah. showed Dylan watching the episode, watching the episode of Dylan showing Dylan. Showed me watching him. Yeah, and yeah. then they kind of pan across all the windows of the apartments in Chicago, mm-hmm. and everybody's kind of watching the episode of watching Dylan watch the episode of himself, and um, it was we're scary. watching that, you know, as the audience, and it I'm glad me, I don't do drugs is all I'm saying. It made me go, uh, should I be putting tape over the webcam on my TV? Yeah, it was a little bit like Black Mirror. Phone, yeah. Phone is bad. Well, I will say that um, the end of this episode was no kind of like science fiction type of thing. This was real. It was raw. Gritty and animated. Yeah. They pulled out all the stops on the animation for this last part. Two, three, four. Four D. Stops. Yeah. Uh, Each stop being a D. And so they got two, three, four D animation here. Yeah. So... Everything looks like it's going to be okay for Dylan. And we're all laughing with them. We're laughing at dead fat cat guy. Yeah. And Samantha says, uh, well, I got to go to a ribbon cutting and uh, uh, smell you later. Yeah. (laughs) Dylan goes, smell you later. Yep. And then a little text came up that said, scratch your TV to sniff what they were going to be smelling. And so I did that. (laughs) What did uh, you guys smell? Funyuns. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought that was, that's so specific. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's, uh, is it Fritos? But that's like also a pretty mm-hmm. like specific smell. And I was like, is it Doritos? And I was like, uh, not quite. Um, but that's crazy that you just got it like right on the yeah, nose. Yeah, it was definitely Funyuns. We yeah. had a totally different experience because where I was, I smelled copper and blood. You're in a different market. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, so, so they in, target in my market. You know, the coupon that printed out on my uh, <laughs> Chicago Heroes accessory inkjet printer was a cu- was a Funyuns coupon uh, when I did the when I scratched to activate. Did have you and, used it yet? Uh, the coupon. The coupon. Uh, no, I have not. 
I have not used it yet. We might want to use that after this. Yeah. Oh, mine was if I brought in a quart of my blood, I could exchange it at Staples for a hundred tax. Oh. That was my coupon. I think you guys got the better deal. I could use a hundred tax. Well, a hundred percent is how much they were taxing Dylan. Jesus. <laughs> because uh, the mobster shows back up. And he's got a gun. Yep. <gasps> and he says, time to pay up. Time and, to pay the piper. And Dylan was so Tries busy. out a few different lines. <laughs> yeah, time to pay up. Time to pay the piper. Time Tax to man's me- coming. Yep, time to meet your maker. Um, hasta la vista, baby. Uh, you had me at hello. Show me the money. Show me the money. Um, money talks, bullshit walks. Bye bye, birdie. Bye bye, birdie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I dreamed a dream. Uh, want to know who the birdie is? The birdie is you, is what he explains. <laughs> he explains it. That one was overkill, but I was like, well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes, and then he does a little callback and he says, who's in the doghouse now? <gasps> mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. And uh, give me the loot. Give me the loot. And then he says, uh, "You can't handle the truth." Yeah. Um, and the truth is, you gonna, you're die. gonna die. And sure enough, bang bang, bang bang, bang bang. He shot me down. Bang bang, bang I bang. hit the ground. Bang bang, bang bang. And I don't know how that's gonna help the mobster get his money from Dylan. But I don't think it was ever about the money. No. I guess he could auction off his body parts for donors, but also that's donation. I would pay an arm and a leg for Dylan's arm and a leg. Yeah. I think I'd go for the knees. Yeah, my knees are bad. Could use somebody else's. So is that the moldy sandwich that you were talking about? I would probably take his liver or his kidney. Okay. Yeah. Because he's a vegan guy. Yeah. Very healthy. Yeah. Never had a stone. Maybe yeah. his eyes too, because I live alone and I, I think I need that human contact to, you know, be talking to someone and have their full attention on me. I need to work on my eye contact. That's what yeah. my boss says. Well, Fish don't have eyes, so mm-hmm. I wouldn't worry too much about it. Yeah. Uh, the, was, was that the moldy sandwich? Yeah, that made me so mad that they killed off one of the main characters. Okay. And it's so fucked up that you were so happy about okay, it. Okay, here's why I'm happy. Mm-hmm. And once you hear why, I think you'll see. Yeah, I think I can predict, but go ahead. Okay, he gets to be in heaven yeah, with his brother. Exactly. And that's... Exactly knew you were going to say that. Okay, well, he meets gets to meet his father in heaven. And peace be with them and also with their spirit. spirit. Yeah. You know, I'm just kind of upset because I get it. Dylan Sprouse. I I feel like that was Dylan Sprouse's only uh, reoccurring role in something. Yeah. He needs work. He needs work. Hire him. And and I, and I think that's where, you know, I, I totally get that, Sarah. I think you're right about, he gets to be with his father in heaven and peace be with him and unto him with his brother. Uh, but I, I, ju- I just got so sad when we saw the actor, you know, the actor guy uh, who plays him, the real actor guy. Yeah. Like, just throw, like, where they do a cut, you know, like, the director go, cut, 
and uh, <laughs> the camera kept rolling, mm-hmm. right? So somebody's not doing their job, right? Because the camera keeps rolling. Yeah, the editor. <laughs> we see, uh, well, and maybe even the camera guy, you know? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people drop some balls cause we're here. Because we're doing cut, but we kind of see everybody still, <laughs> just nobody stops, and except for Dylan. He, he drops the acting, because this is a guy who, from the moment he says rolling, that's when he starts acting. Mm-hmm. And then when they say cut, that's when he stops, mm-hmm. right? There's no method to his madness. Mm-hmm. It is just pure madness. And pure madness is what he was delivering in terms of the shit fit that he threw <laughs> about them killing his character. Yeah. Right? I mean, I just thought it was so fucked up that they hadn't told him he was going to die. <laughs> you know? But that's like, that's how you get the best reaction out of people is by doing stuff to them on camera that you don't tell them about. And can honestly, even if it's going to screw up, screw up with him emotionally... Uh, you got to do it to get the best work. I think that anger too was building up during that scene because uh, my friend who was an extra said that the boom operator, every time they would cut after he was death, just started poking him with the end of the boom because the boom operator thought he was actually dead. That's how good the performance was. Oh. Is the boom the thing that makes the sound that comes out of the fake gun? I think so. It's the, it's the, it's the one with the, it's the hanging thing that kind of looks like a Swiffer sweeper. Oh, I would be peed O if they were doing that to me. Yeah, they yeah. were poking him like, are you okay? Are you okay? And obviously you, we see him on the last take, which is the one they use going, yeah, of course I'm, I'm fucking okay. I've died like seven different times. And each time you've done this to me, fuck you and fuck everybody here. Fuck all the writers. Fuck the directors. Fuck my castmates. And you guys don't even care about me and all of his castmates weren't even there because they weren't even in the scene. But he made his point. And he just kind of like, yeah, he has a little shit fit. He has a hissy fit. And he's like, and fuck my brother for getting killed off last year. This I should have seen this coming. Fuck all of you for doing this. And it was like extra jarring, you know, extra emotional because of course it's Dylan Sprouse delivering this in his real British accent. You know, he's not <laughs> doing his American character voice. No, yeah. And I should have done it when I was just delivering that monologue. Um, and I'm working on it for when I start auditioning for UCB Conservatory, but I um, haven't quite gotten it down yet. But yeah, it was very jarring to hear him do that in his real accent. Do you think he's going to be there for your audition? No, I think he's probably going to leave now and probably go do something else and not. Oh, I saw that it I saw that it popped up that he was interested in it. Ben. So I was wondering. I ben. made a I made a fake account to be friends with him on Facebook. Are you freaking fool me once? Shame on me. Fool me twice. Shame on me. I got I mix it up, but you know, that's that's what you should be saying to yourself about this. Fool, Why? Fool me once cuz of the Well, I'll look forward to seeing who, if anybody, uh, not that he's replaceable. He's irreplaceable. But who they irreplace him with on the next season. And I think that that brings us to time to take a word from our sponsors. Hey, Hero Heads. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you've been enjoying this season of Chicago Heroes and even more importantly, this entire podcast of Please Save Me, please head to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Uh, Review it even if it's one star bad like Dylan Smith's death and rate it five stars good like the entire show otherwise. Um, No matter what, we'll read your review on the air and that's our gift to you. So subscribe wherever podcasts are sold. Welcome back 
to the Earwaves listeners. This is Please Save Me, the number one official recap podcast for television's number one official show, Chicago Heroes. <laughs> it's the greatest drama on television. It's of the greatest time. comedy, fantasy, sci-fi, romance, and procedural also. All time. Goat. But we're going to find out how much better it can get next season. But right now, let's take a little uh, time to take our mind off of that shattering, earth-shattering death that just occurred on the show. Hmm. Um, if you're just tuning in to the podcast, you're not going to know what happened, uh, and you're going to miss most of this podcast. But Yeah, hit that 15-second back, back button. button. Bunch, bunch of times <laughs> to get back to the beginning, right? Yep. And uh, maybe your swipe doesn't work. Maybe you can't hold and drag. Well, tap, 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 tap. And get a workout get in. Get back into the... Work out those finger muscles. Get that knuckle swole. So we're going to do our segment now, and this segment is called The Gallop Pole. This is The Gallop Pole. Uh, the Gallop Pole is a segment that uh, we are really lucky appeared on this episode. As we've discussed before, we don't choose which segment is going to go on to which episode. So it's just pure luck and chance and happenstance that this one got placed with a episode of the Chicago Heroes show that mm -hmm. we're recapping that actually had horses in it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so kind of funny. Yeah, um, pretty funny. Really laugh out loud. So, okay, listener. Okay, you're done laughing, so now actually pay attention. Uh, the Gallup Poll is a game, uh, it's really more of a segment. <laughs> where, uh, game, game, segment, segment potato, whatever, potato, potato, tomato, tomato, dog, cat, horse. Because this segment is where we're going to figure out what kind of animal we would rescue and make into a police animal. Right? Yep, that's what we're doing. That's the whole thing. Well, good thing we got through the explanation of that. Oh, boy. <laughs> say say the animal. Say which one uh, you want I to want police. to make into a police. Okay, so let me make sure that actually the rules are clear. All right? So um, you've heard of a police dog. K-9. You've heard of a police horse. Mountie. But are there any others? Could there be? And there more importantly, should, should there be? Yeah. Uh, so does anybody have any ideas? Uh, we're kind of polling each other. Uh, you just polled me, you know, which, which thing would I have gallop into the police station and become a police? Yeah. Um, or bean, if you want to say, well, one. I would say maybe a turtle. Okay. Um, and built let in me bolt. give you three reasons why. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And you took one of them. So it has a built in bulletproof vest. Uh, a lot of the money that comes out of our public coffers goes to protecting our boys in blue from uh, crimes that they might experience waged upon them by a bloodthirsty, rabid citizenry eager to uh, uh, shed blood. As I said, they're thirsty for blood. Uh, well, how are they going to get it into their systems? They're going to shed it. From who? Our police. And so how do we protect our police? Kevlar, right? Mm -hmm. um, they say that uh, the best defense is a, or the best offense is a good defense or the best defense is a good offense. It's really, I don't know. Both. In this case, I'm saying the best defense is a good defense, right? Oh. And so for a turtle, uh, you don't have to buy it a bulletproof vest. It's already wearing one. 
Did you have a third thing? That was only one. That's a really good oh, point. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> yeah, keep going. So, yeah, there's actually going to be two more. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so we're strapped um, in. Number two is in the turtle versus the hare. Uh, now I know typically it's a tortoise is versing a hare. Yeah. Um, but a tortoise is a type of turtle, and a tortoise is the type of turtle that I'm going to make into a cop. And in that little fable, if you've ever listened to the end, you will know that the tortoise wins. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I want my cops to be winners. So I'm going to be making not a rabbit into a cop, uh, which a rabbit, what does a rabbit do? Runs away. Right? Comes out of a hat. Comes out of a hat and then disappears back into one. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not what our police do. They're out there walking the beat, not hiding, not disappearing. Uh, although they do pop up maybe when you least expect them or want them around. Uh, but a tortoise, it's slow and steady. It's like uh, Jake Gyllenhaal in Zodiac, discovering who the Zodiac was. Uh, you know, just on the beat, doing the work, and winning. Good. Okay, that's number One more. Two. Okay. And um, the third... And re- most important. Third reason. Yes, the um, the big one, right? Uh, okay. Uh, is that... Um, uh, okay, we're talking about a turtle, right? Yeah, so let's <laughs> yes. all... Let's I think we all agree same, we're talking about a Same turtle. page there, yeah. Okay, um, so I could actually... I have so many reasons right now. I could choose from a few different ones. Yeah, just um, grab one. Okay, let's just grab a couple then. Yeah, right, hop well, off and pop <laughs> let's off. Grab two. Yeah, hey, fuck it. Let's give two more reasons, okay? Um, number one is... Um, you ever heard of an amphibious police to force? No. Yeah, well, that's a police that can breathe underwater. Great. So... Oh. Um, that's what a turtle can do. <laughs> so, so that's the third reason. And then the fourth reason would be um, uh, <laughs> that you want your police to actually be calm in the face of a clear and present danger, right? Yes. Uh, well, I'm, be- you, I'm begging them to do that. But you don't need the police animal to be. And so a turtle, it do snap. So uh, choosing a turtle for a police animal, um, it can do the snapping for the cop. I think that um, your best point is definitely that it can breathe underwater because I think we need more of our men on the front lines. Who is regulating crime under seas? Yeah. No one is. No, I mean... And that's where most crimes take place. Right. I mean, there's yeah. people out there on Lake Michigan... Doing... Dumping clownfishes so into crime. it. Stealing salt and dumping it in. Yeah. You know, committing yeah. these... Uh, Water, water crimes, crimes. Um, uh, and what are crimes? Uh, there are things that we God. need to stop in our society, With and that's why plays. we're doing the Gallup poll. Yeah. Okay. So now I'm going to Gallup poll one of you guys. Okay. So what do you guys think? In terms of I what animal should really be good. made into a? Oh. oh, so we're doing. I give my animal, and now you guys give me feedback on it. Yeah. So we got feedback from Bean, we which did. was. Good to have an amphibious cop. Yeah, Absolutely. I just say all good. Great. Um, definitely my number one answer: pigeons. Okay. Mm. There. So yeah, I can I guess it's because they fly. Yeah, they can be everywhere at any time. You know, just like cops, they're dirty, just like cops. Mm. Mm. 
And sometimes you need to get, if you want to uh, clean a city up, mm-hmm. you're going to have to get a little bit dirty. Exactly. And, you know, you kill one, 10 more, 10 more. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. And we need more cops. Exactly. exactly. And yeah. so a pigeon is, um, Good. Kind of, I had my budget concerns with the bulletproof vest thing. You're oh, saying yeah. if we want to increase our police force, do pigeons. Because yeah. every, every time you, because a pigeon is like a, uh, uh, a pigeon on the other side of a gun. That's um, on the barrel end, the bullet side, the yeah. side where it gets shot. Expendable. It's Cheat. like a fish or a loaf in Jesus's hands. You know, it multiplies. Exactly. Teach, shoot a pigeon for a man and he'll eat that day. Teach a man to shoot a pigeon. He'll police a whole a city. Mm-hmm. That was beautiful. That Thank was poetry. You. Thank you. Honestly, so they can that's fly. They point. can multiply. They're dirty. You got three reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Short, sweet, and to the point. Interesting. Well, uh, it takes all kinds in terms mm-hmm. of approaches to playing the Gallup poll. Yep. For me, I don't have any reasons. I think you guys will know when I just say pigs. Okay. Yes. They are like-minded. I'll give you one reason. Wouldn't they look so cute in the little uniform? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's been my Gallup poll. So you're talking about uh, teacup pigs. You said little uniform. Oh, so any size. Teacup pigs. <laughs> really any size. Okay. Well, I think a teacup pig would be especially cute. Oh, yeah. Especially, but actually especially cute if you put it not in a little uniform, but in a big one. <laughs> and it was kind of just dragging like it little, around. It's like a little kid playing um, the, the dead salesman in a theater production yeah yeah you know, yeah, yeah. got 14 year old playing the dead salesman wearing his dad's big suit yeah yeah you know? three kids what's in a he trench playing coat? the dead salesman in uh death of a salesman yeah death of a salesman yeah huh yeah hmm. not a lot of people know this but he's been dead the whole time <laughs> Ooh, a shamalanian twist spoiler alert <laughs> has this been the gallup poll this has been the gallup poll And so we are just about finished up here. That was our uh, penultimate segment. And uh, what a good segment. And uh, it's a little bittersweet to be reaching the end of our season here, but I can't imagine a better person to be doing it with than Bean O'Malley. Bean, Bean O'Malley. It's been a pleasure. Oh, It's been a joy. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Well, now that we've gotten those pleasantries out of the way, it's time for us <laughs> to do the Ray Romano Memorial Promo section. The best section. Oh wow! A lot of our, uh, <laughs> lot of our listeners love write in on Vine section, telling us yeah. how much they love mm-hmm. this one. Yes, um, lots of tributes to this one. Lots of tributes. A lot of people cover their favorite Ray Romano memorial promo sections. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we'll have our guests talk about their promos. And then um, people out on Vine will transcribe what the guest said. Mm-hmm. And then they'll deliver it like a monologue or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something people really do. Anyway, uh, <laughs> what about you, Bean O'Malley? Uh, working at the aquarium. That's a nine-to-five gig? <laughs> Yeah. That's 40 hours a week? It absolutely is. Benefits? Well, add in watching Chicago Heroes, and that's what? 50, 60, 60 hours, hours a week? Yeah. yeah. So how do you spend the rest of your time? Me, Maggie, Gates. 
Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, well, it is time to reveal that Bean O'Malley is not your real name. Yes. Um, <laughs> Fooled you. A lot of our listeners have been thinking that was a weird name, right? <laughs> I hope to God nobody's real name is that. Okay. Yeah. I met a girl in a bar once. And that was her real name. Isn't that crazy? crazy? Absolutely crazy. So yeah. what are some Mega Gates things that people should check out? Yeah. What would you like to promo? Oh, thank you. Um... If you want to follow me on Twitter at Maggie underscore Gates, um, I post jokes that are stupid and or also very funny. Oh, thank you guys. And I also um, post a lot of my writing there. Um, so that's or I retweet it. Please read it. Um, I work hard on these articles. And then you can follow my Instagram at Maggie underscore Gates. I uh, promote my shows there my comedy shows um most importantly my sketch team maggie and laura we have a web series coming out soon so yeah i don't know uh i think those are those are most of most of them those are way more things than any of us have going on well if you're a listener of as we've discussed if you're a listener of if you're a watcher of Chicago Heroes, you probably like uh, probably don't like comedy that much. You probably like serious stuff. Yes. Uh, if you're watching this TV so show, serious. Yes, True. that's practically the tagline for Chicago Heroes. <laughs> Could um, be. A lot of list. A lot of viewers are upset every week at how serious the TV show is. Yes. Uh, oh wow. And, and that's been a big push. In the, yeah. The Reddit base is for them to make it less serious. Yes. Uh, so if you need to lighten up, go check out some of Meggie's work or the Twitter or the Instagram. And then um, if that stuff's funny and you need to serious up, re- read her writing. Yeah. So you yeah, kind of get to you. go both uh, pendulum. You've got the pit and the pendulum. <laughs> so anyway, uh, thank you very much for coming on the show, Maggie. Uh, and this has been the... Uh, Ray Romano Memorial Promo Section. So as ever and as always, we say R-I-D. Rest Rest in in Deborah. Bye. Smells like courage. Yeah. Ha.